You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I have a super fun one. I have my first Olympian on the show, Mr. Jeff Griffin. Thank you for having me, Jason. Appreciate it. Dude, thank you really a lot for being on the show. I know that you're really busy and you're all over the place. You've been in a lot of podcasts lately a lot and a lot of speaking engagements and gigs, um, but you're an amazing speaker. I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos and you're, you do well. Thank and, you. And you got a great message. So I'm really excited to get into that. Um, well, kind of, let's get into your bio real quick. You play in 2004, you're the Paralympic Games in Athens, Greece as a silver medalist in um, wheelchair basketball. That's legit. A uh, national champion in ch- national champion in wheelchair MBA and a four time All Star MVP. Yes, that's that's crazy. Now, you know, now here's you know here's something that people don't know because each majority of NBA teams have a wheelchair affiliate team. Really, yeah, I didn't know that. So people can't people who are listening to me can't see that I'm in a wheelchair, and people who can see me still can't see that I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I speak all over the world. And I like to just you know go out there and address the elephant in the room about how good looking I am. Hey, you are. No, no, you, are. Still, you know what? Uh, stacking up against you, man. Uh, your smile, your your dress, man. Your physique. I'm like, I'm like, I I am uh, being challenged right now. And hey, we look good. But uh, so I go out. The, the, I am in a wheelchair, and and I go out and address the world, and and uh, people can see that I'm physically paralyzed. Right. But I believe most people, if not all, people are paralyzed with the demons of doubt, fear, and complacency. So that's my message. That I go out and and, and share with people. I love that. And and so, you know, I get to play a little wheelchair basketball as well. And so, you know, I used to play collegiate football and and we can get into that too when we talk about culture and, and, and some of these things that we're going to discuss. But, um, you know, so I love sports. And so when I found out that there was wheelchair basketball, I'm like, I'm jumping on it. Heck yeah. And then I found out that, you know, the wheelchair basketball league, they kick off the all-star events. Really? So we come in on Thursday, we play it, we, you know, we kick off the all-star events, we play our, we play our game and then, you know, we leave Friday morning and the big boys come in Friday morning, but I like to think the big boys have already come and started right. the show off right. Heck yeah. And uh, was invited eight times to participate in the all-star events wow. and happened to be the MVP four, of the, four out of the eight. That's awesome. That's and, incredible. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's 12 from the East, 12 from the West, and we go out there and compete against each other and, and um i've had some fun it's great fun there that's do they do you play full court so it's it's on the exact same court same rules same everything except there is no double dribble okay you can put put the ball in your lap lap push twice dribble again but uh there's traveling if you if you push three times before you dribble it's really you're done really It's, it's called a travel and there's there's charges there's blocking fouls there's technicals um well have you ever got a technical too many. <laughs> that's awesome. Too many. Hey, you're playing out there with heart. Absolutely. That, that's that that that's all that matters. That that's a long way. That's a big court. So it's twelve on twelve. That's a that's a big court. Well, the team there's twelve there's tw- there's twelve players. Oh, so how many players? There's twelve players. One. So it's five players. Oh, so that's so so there's five on five. It's just three seconds in the key. It's ten it's ten feet uh, standards. T- same thing. 
Same thing. We just don't have. We we just don't jam. We just don't. Dunkin'. No Duncan. No Duncan. No Duncan. Not at all. Man, that's incredible. Like, you would not think, or I would not think. I guess first initially of thinking it's the entire. It's pretty much the exact same rules. But I love that because it's not. It's not putting anybody in a box or saying you can't do this. You can't do that. You're you're playing the exact same way as everybody else, just in a wheelchair, and yeah. it, which is, I mean, I would say a lot harder. You know it is because you have to push. You got to pass. You have to defend. You have to shoot all with your arms. Right. And, yeah. and so when you met, when you missed the shot, you know, typically if you're playing sports or whatnot, you're like, Hey, bend your legs, right? Bend your knees, you know, yeah. shoot more with your legs. You know, we, we got none, we got none yeah, of that You have stuff. no power. There's, I mean, how do you have, how, how do you shoot? Is there, do you ever shoot threes? Oh, absolutely. Really? So I don't, I don't know if you go to the jazz games, but, yep. but we've done the halftime show once a year. It's during preseason. So. I don't know how many people show up to preseason right. games, but we get to go out there and we play. We invite the jazz bear out there, and and I this was this was when the real jazz bear yeah. was there. You know, you know they've yeah, got a new they've yeah, got a new one, the new guy. They've know. got a new one. I'm yeah. like, but uh, so John Apsey, I I go to him. I'm like, hey, listen, bear, we're gonna get you the shot. He's the most athletic person I know of. Right. He's like you know, coming out of the stands, you know, sledding down the stairs. He's repelling out of the rafters he's doing he's doing all these things he's the most athletic person i know but i told him because i know what's going to happen here and i'm like hey listen bear you got to aim for the top of the backboard otherwise you're going to come up short right so we got him a shot in the key just wide open he takes a shot and he misses it by four feet oh and he and i'm like bear was and so we're going up and down the court i'm like i'm giving you another shot and so we came back down he, this time he put everything into it he he aimed for the top of the bass backboard and scored crowd went crazy and and so you know it's 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 been fun so is that what the secret is top of the backboard if you have never shot before yeah okay yeah because that would they, you'd have no power i mean they're like i feel like i'm a strong guy i don't know if i could get the ball from like sitting down position for in a three yeah i don't think i could do that so we typically don't shoot the the nba threes it's the co collegiate threes well, it's only a foot a foot and a half difference it's yeah. not that much but so what i do is because <laughs> you know how everyone goes out and they're all jacked up and they're excited they got adrenaline i'm like this is give me the ball i'm going to jack up a three because i have a little bit extra power inside of me but it's it's all arms it's all technique and yeah you know, i i watch rudy shoot his free throws and these these big guys um i was the fifth best free throw shooter in the world really in the 2004 olympic games and so i know wow. a little bit about free throw shooting yeah and i have a Guinness world record when it comes to free throw shooting do you as well i did not know that and um so i look at rudy and i look at all these other tall guys and and, and they have these these shooters teaching them how to shoot the shot but they're six foot players trying to teach a seven seven plus foot right player to shoot things the more you move the more elements you have involved of missing right and so you know i would i would i would go in there and i'd probably sh um, teach him how to shoot with the least amount of movement really in his body yeah because the mechanics are just right here well that's a lot of movement it's I mean, a, a little nudge here and a little nudge there's feet i mean his wingspan is i don't know, I know. Him, but it's massive it's huge it's yeah. huge but but anyway so so yeah so wheelchair basketball it was it was a tough adjustment but i love it because i get to compete you know, when we hit wheels, the flint flies, you can smell metal on metal. And really, and it's an experience. That's awesome. It's an experience. In fact, what we're doing now as well, talking about culture is we are providing um, an elite executive leadership experience that no one is doing. No one is doing in the country. Really? Where either we come to you with the wheelchairs or you come to us 
you bring your executive team, we put you in wheelchairs and everyone, if whether you play, you're at the same level. And, <laughs> and if you play a lot, you'll come back down. So everyone is on the same level. And we, uh, we play a little wheelchair basketball. We do a little tournament. Really? And, uh, and then afterwards we get to talk about leadership skills, culture. There's all sorts of places and directions that we can go to, but uh, it's a perfect place to, to bring in your team, especially if they're having a hard time communicating with each other. Right. Or if you want to have a difficult conversation, Right. Or a crucial conversation as that's out there as well. But, you know, it's, it's, you get to play and then you get to uh, experience um, something that no one is doing. And then you get to train and, and bring your, um, your executives together. Right. That sounds like a good time. And I'm a full firm believer in, uh, in, in activities with your team, executive team, manager, team director, whatever you want to call it. And that sounds like a good time because it levels the playing field um, and sounds like a, blast and sounds like people might get a little hurt but that might, might be good for them <laughs> their pride might get pricked yeah. a little bit yeah some people uh, you know um uh, we haven't had any, any any injuries yet but um you know it's it's great times and so so yeah you learn a lot in in, in playing that's awesome so so tell me about the olympics that, that's an experience of itself i mean that's huge i, mean, I remember the athens olympics mm -hmm. and so tell me about that whole thing what, what was it like being an olympian it's one once in a lifetime, right? Especially in Athens, where it originated from. Right. We go there. A lot of history. I mean, obviously, yeah, a lot of Olympic history. A lot of history there. You know, they they made it possible for us to get to the top of the Parthenon, and so you know, I went up. I went up to the Parthenon before the games began, and I like to collect dirt from the places okay. that I go. You know, China, yeah. the Great China Wall. I got got some dirt. It's the the Parthenon. I didn't know it was illegal to take some rocks and dirt off the Parthenon. But apparently a week later, a Canadian woman went and took some dirt off the Parthenon. Really? Got arrested, put in jail. Oh, nice. Hopefully there's a statute of limitations on it, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so too, right? We're 2004, it's almost 20 years. Yeah. So we should be good. It should be good. If not, I, d I deny, deny, deny. I did not take any rocks or dirt from the Parthenon. <laughs> but it was a great experience and, and um, the Olympic Village was amazing. And what's interesting is, you know, we have countries, we have all these countries coming together. And I, and I realized and recognized that there's two things that really bring people, well, three things that really bring people together, warring countries, warring people or whatever. You know, we had the Iranians and the, the Iraqis and the, anyways, we had some warring countries sitting outside the, uh, um, the lunchroom. You know, they, I call it the lunchroom, but it was the food court. It was right. open 24 hours. Really? McDonald's was the sponsor. Some of nice. my teammates freaked out about that. I woke up at one o'clock in the morning and I have a teammate coming in with 12 apple pies. Nice. And I'm oh, like, I have not had a McDonald's apple pie forever. And I'm like, this is going to go to your, your hips, bro. You're throwing out an anchor right now. Like, but I know we can get whatever we want. But so we have the food court here. All the food you can eat, McDonald's, all the McDonald's you can eat. It's the worst thing to, to eat if you're trying to, you know, really compete at that high level. But right outside the food court is where the people, the athletes congregated and we had warring countries together. And so we have food that brings people together. And then they're out there playing their, their bongos and their drums and their things and they're dancing. And so music brings people together right. and sports brings people together. And so just being able to experience that where you got sports, food and music where we're bringing people together instead of trying to tear people apart 
And right. I mean, it was just an amazing experience. I'd go to the streets of Greece. And it was amazing. I told my sister how amazing it was. She's like, are you real? Are you serious? I'm like, they treat us horrible. I'm like, really? I'm like, they've treated us great. She's like, yeah, because you're like a God to them right now. You're an Olympic athlete. Right. And I'm like, didn't even think about that but yeah my time in athens was was amazing that's awesome what was it like being on that that podium representing the country and winning a silver medal in wheelchair basketball well the bio said that i was a paralympic athlete and a silver medalist oh so what'd you get a silver medal in? so we were we went in there as the number one team in, in the world okay and we left as the number six or I forget because in crossovers Great Britain beat us we gave them a 17 point lead and we lost by two. Oh, and so we didn't get any medals that year the 2006 year in and in uh Amsterdam okay we were silver medalists okay in the world cup okay so every two years there's we, something going on we yeah. compete in the in the world yeah but still world cup representing the country world cup representing the country same team that uh you know went to the Athens and so I learned something about teamwork I learned something about teamwork in 2004. Right. To get into the, into, you know, so here's what happens here. 12 teams are invited to, to, um, to compete in wheelchair basketball in the Olympics. Six have pool A and six play in pool B. And so we're competing against each other up until crossovers. And so our nemesis up north, our frenemies, the Canadians, yeah. it was either between them and us that would take the gold. And so they were the number one in their pool. We were number one in our pool. And we knew that we had to come out as the number one team right. in our pool. And so we had lost to the, uh, the Amsterdam, Holland, the, the Dutch. We lost to the Dutch. Okay. We never lost to the Dutch before. And so everybody in the Olympic Village is like, oh, man, the USA, they're not going to make it. They're not going to come out as the number one team. It's impossible. And I, love, and I love the quote from Muhammad Ali that says, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men right. who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than, than to explore the power they have to change right. it. And so we're like, you know what? Okay, great. So what we have to do here is, well, the Dutch beat us, the Germans beat the Dutch, and now we're going to play the Germans the following the following game and right. so if we beat the dot i mean if we beat the germans who beat the dutch who beat us there's a three-way tie and so then it goes to aggregate which goes to how much points you score right so we calculated and we knew that we had to beat the germans by 20 plus points wow so we played the germans three times that year lost to them twice the one time we beat them we, we beat them by single digits really so the evidence indicates that what everyone's saying in the Olympic Village is you're absolutely right. It's impossible for USA to come out as the number one team. Right. And in doing so, we came together and we're like, you know what? We're just going to do this. I don't know if you've seen the movie Miracle, but we're like, yep. we're throwing in all sorts of lineups just to try to, to wear down the Germans. Right. You know, I just throw everything at them. And, you know, we go and I have this little highlight, highlight video that I share as I go around and talking about, uh, you know, this idea of team. Right. Because I learned from myself that team really does mean together everyone achieves more. Yep. And so we go into this game and we're just throwing everybody at them. And, you know, we're maybe two points up, three points up at halftime. Really? Coach comes to me and says, Griff, we want you to stop number four. Now, stopping number four is like trying to stop Stephen Curry or LeBron James. You don't stop them. Right. You just try to control them. Right. 
And so I'm like, okay. So so my role was to go in there and stop number four from scoring. Um, he didn't score. He didn't score that quarter. Really? And we're starting to build the lead. We're getting up there, but it's still not good enough. And we're getting down to the end. And we have to beat the Germans by 20 plus points. There is 10 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. And we are up by 20. We fouled their guy, number four. He's on the free throw line. All he has to do is just make one free throw or miss it and whatnot. And and, and now, we're now we're down by 19 points instead of 20. Right. He shoots the shot. He gets the rebound. All he has to do is hold out, hold, it, hold the ball until the clock runs out. But he shoots again and misses. And so we have one of our guys down at the other end. We throw the pass all the way full court. He comes circling around, and the clock is ticking down. We have to win by more than 20-plus points. Right. So we're at 20 right now. It's like counting down. A German guy flies past him. He pumps fake. He stops, and then with less than one second to go, he throws up a shot. Nothing but net. Really? So we, so we beat them by 22. We just come storming onto the court, you know, talking about Olympic experiences, right? right? So here we see the low of lows, and now we have the high of highs, and, and we have just done the impossible. Right. We beat the Germans by more than 20-plus points. Right. So as I mentioned before, I learned something about team. Together, everyone achieves more. We played together, and it wasn't until at the end of the fourth quarter where we started to build that lead until where we, until where we finally started to gain some separation. Right. And so many times people quit before they even get to the gold as Napoleon Hill yep. talks about three right. feet from gold. Yep. Or, or as a Colonel, you know, a Colonel, a, a corn of Colonel that's on the heat. You're sitting there watching it. Is it going to pop? Is it going to pop? Is it going to pop? And then bam, it pops. Right. And so there's certain things, these certain laws of life that we've just got to understand. And so I experienced that for myself, what it means to play together as a team. Right. Till the end. Till the last second. Till, till the last second. So that buzzer goes off. Till the buzzer goes off. Right. Literally, till the buzzer goes off. Till the buzzer goes off. And we were celebrating. It was amazing. Cross, crossovers happen. We leave as the number one team. We're going to, German, the, the Canadians leave as the number one team. We're going to face them in the gold medal round. But Great Britain was, you know, we, we didn't even prepare a plan for Great Britain. They were the fourth team out of this pool. And so we're, we're matching up to, with them. We're the first team over here. And, First quarter, we laid an egg, gave them a 17-point lead, and wow, we started playing for ourselves. Wow, instead of for our team mates. Wow, that, that, that's oh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. <laughs> I mean, teamwork is is everything, and playing a lot till the buzzer is huge, and not getting too excited on, you know, it, it's almost like that in business. Like, there's a lot of people that get too overly excited on maybe a couple years down the road they don't take care of their business now and you know unfortunately you guys had to learn a, a valuable lesson to every game right and and a lot of these coaches you see in these uh interviews is like okay what about the national championship i'm just worried about next week mm -hmm. i'm just worried about next week mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of discipline and we see it from the outside of like oh why can't you talk about this why can't you talk about we all know you're going to get to the national championship blah 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 but how many times do, do a lot of teams get up into the last second or or get beat by you know, these underdog stories like we saw this year in the NCAA tournament. How many number one teams made it to the final? Uh, this year? None. This year. Zero. None. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, and a lot of them dropped out early on. Yeah. And they got overly excited. Of, oh, we're just going to kind of cruise through here and do the, they didn't take care of their business that they had to do. I mean, you got to, you got to, it's like, I mean, how, how did they build the Parthenon? One step at a time, one stone, stone at a time. They didn't just go lay the, the roof. 
and or whatever the, you know the pillars and stuff right. they had to, they had to build it up right and so there's a lot of a lot of lessons in that where people get too too focused on maybe the bigger picture mm-hmm. it's like hey you gotta you gotta start looking at the micro but pay attention to the macro we're mm-hmm. looking at the micro and pay what are the necessary steps mm-hmm. okay yeah the goal could be championship but what do we got to do to get there mm-hmm. win every game or win these certain amount of games or get better this and then the other right so and, and right. but quite often people i mean a lot of the biggest values are learned or, or lessons are learned in in hard times absolutely absolutely you learn it you learn a ton in those experiences and so the question is is are you going to learn from them or are you going to um be destroyed from them right and so you know th- some of my my teammates that were on that 2004 team have now um gone to they were in china they were in um England and then Brazil and Tokyo, they, they won a gold. They finally got to that gold medal game and, and won. And so really? back to back gold medalists. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we think about the, the end game, but it's, it's that journey that, uh, that we're really, it's the process as I call it. Yeah. So often we look at the, you know, the promises at the end, but it's the process that we have to trust. It's the process that helps us progress. Right. But so many of us abort the process and focus on the promises. And then, right. and then what happens is, you know, we're not doing what needs to be done in between. Right. It's, it's, it's like, you know, the secret, you believe it, it'll happen, but, but there has to be something attached to that. Mm-hmm. There has to be a process. You have to do the necessary you know, things to, to get what you want, whether that's, you know, whatever that is, you have to take what I, I like to call it like massive action to take massive action and be strategic and tactical with that action to get what you want. It can't just be sit on your couch, flip through the channels, the TV, and just hope and dream something's going to happen. Like, yeah. it, like a big, huge trunk of money is not just going to fall in, you know, on top on your roof or a big, you know, success in your marriage or success in your relationships is not just going to come to you because you're going to Thinking, thinking, thinking. Now, I totally believe, you know, in how powerful the, powerful the mind is, and having a vision, and, and believing, and putting it out there in the universe. But you have to attach something to it. I feel like. Yeah. No, you're absolutely 100 right. And so after the Olympics were done in 2004, I came back, and I'm like, okay, how did I get here? You know, how did I get here where I was the youngest trust manager in the bank? How did I get here to, you know, um, have, you know, get married and and have two kids? Because I was I was joke. Because the doctors after I got hurt and paralyzed like zero percent chance of ever standing walking and moving your legs again really i'm like okay the experts even told me like zero percent chance of having kids it's the first function to go last to come back really and then some of the experts told me i never get married not because of my wheelchair but just because of who i am <laughs> and i've been married for 25 years congrats thank you and my wife and i have four beautiful biological kids and now i can get up wow. and uh, and uh, waddle across the st- stage or as i like to say you know walk with swagger but in that really? process, yes. So you can actually get up and kind of yes, and so we and we can get into that here in a second. Really? But I, yeah, but I want to finish this thought right after the after the 2004 Paralympics. I'm like, okay, how did I get here? How was I able to do these things? And you know, it even goes back even further. Where as a young kid, my dream was to play football in college, right? To be a collegiate athlete. And everyone told me that I couldn't do it. They gave, and I don't know if you've experienced this. You know, you're an, you've done amazing stuff in the short 29 years that you've been alive. Thank, thank you. No, you really have. <laughs> it means a lot. Thank you got to own it. You got to own it. Own it, accept it. it. Yes, I have. Absolutely, <laughs> you man. Go. You can, you can, you can be <laughs> humble and uh, and know that 
absolutely. This is what I've done. Oh, thank absolutely. You. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you're done or you've arrived or anything like that. Right. But it's like, okay, people base your possibilities on their limitations, generally speaking. Right. Or, or we base other people's possibilities on our limitations. For sure. So we reject what we don't understand and we base our possibilities on what we know. If we want to go somewhere where we've never been before, we're going to have to take those steps into the darkness long before we ever see the end. Mm. So there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, faith in there. The future is unknown and we can base it in doubt or faith. And, and so how are we going to do that? Do I believe that I can accomplish this? Do I believe I can get this done? Do I believe I can come out as a pool play as the number one? Do I believe? And I've learned that, you know, most of us, we are so good at focusing on the problems that we don't spend enough time on the solutions. For sure. Yeah. And every minute we doubt it's possible, we give up 60 seconds in finding the solution. That's powerful. And so after the, after the 2004 Olympics, I'm like, okay, how did I get here? How did I do all these things? That, 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 that two-time Guinness World Record, four-time MVP, and all-star national championship, whatever. Right. Um, and so I started to, you know, sift through the broken, you know, my, my shattered dreams and, and broken back when it first happened. And I discovered some of these flecks of gold that are just true and tried. It doesn't matter what, what, uh, continent that you live in, what culture you grew up with, these, these tried and true principles, if you plug and play, if you, if you follow the laws of life, you're just going to get the results. Right. And so I, I put these, um, I took these flecks of gold, defined them, refined them, forged them into some gold nuggets and, and um, like, okay, here's 10 things that I believe can help anybody in, in their journey to right. success. And, uh, and so, so it took me three months to write it. Now I'm not a writer. So I've got two books now, Jason, I got right. two books. Yep. Dean Graciosi says most authors don't, uh, like 90% of authors don't sell more than a thousand books. Like, really? I'd like to say that I'm in the top 10%, not nice. top. I'm in the 10%. I love it. I'm in the 10% and we're just getting started. We're just getting ramped up. I love it. We're getting ramped up. And, and in this process, I discovered some things that. They're at the foundation of every problem that we experience. Because the problem isn't the problem. We all have problems. Right. Yeah, and you know this, right? The problem sure. isn't the problem. It's how we look at the problems and how we deal with the problems. Exactly. And, and I, love, uh, I love the sober bodybuilder. I don't know if you know who he is. And, uh, the sober bodybuilder? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love his stuff. Great, great guy. Makes me laugh every time he, He's he, hilarious. he does his stuff. But he says, take your your mess and turn it into a message. It's like being able to, you know, reframe things and flip the switch and be able to see things. And For so, sure, just changing that mindset. That mindset. And so I've, I've discovered, you know, three Ds that I believe are at the foundation of every problem. Or, at, or, better, or better said, are at the foundation of every solution. And, and as you mentioned, right, and the three Ds are desire, dream, and do. And so there's certain, there's certain like things that. that you've got to do. You know, you've got to develop a desire that matches up with your dreams. And some people don't even know what their dreams are. Right. And if they don't know what their dreams are, then okay, then none of this matters. For sure. This conversation doesn't matter. Culture doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Right. 
Because if you don't even know what you want, the destination, the direction where you want to go, then none of this matters. Right. If you don't know what you want, you're going to get it. Exactly. You're going to get nothing. I mean, because you, you don't know. Well, exactly. <laughs> and most of us, right. you know, we think we think we think of all the things that we don't want. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be right. all these things. When I was in in Sweden in 2019, speaking at the uh, World Congress on Mind Training and Excellence in Sports, with the pioneer of mind training, you know, people think that all these gurus out there. Lars Eric Unistall is the pioneer of mind training. He really he partnered up with Charles Garfield. Charles Garfield okay. um, worked with the Apollo Project. Yeah, he's the one who coined the phrase peak performance. Really, I don't know if you've heard that before. I haven't. I mean, I've heard of the term, but so, I yeah, peak performance. He so he turned peak performance. Lars Eric Unistall and him have partnered up and whatnot. And and so you know, while I was there, you know, there was Formula One race car drivers, premier coaches, gold medalists, you know, professors with PhDs and all these other letters in front of their name and some guy from Cache Valley. Right. <laughs> being able to go and speak there. Love it. But the formula race car driver says, I don't look at the wall. It's like, I don't look at the wall because where my eyes go, my car goes. Right. And so where our eyes go, our, you know, our, where our focus goes, our energy flows. And so if we keep on talking about what we don't want, we're going to continue to get that. For sure. And yeah, so, and, I like that. And so, so we have desire, dream, and do. And I love what you said because Vince Lombardi, you know, you're in, a, in the industry where you work with human beings. Right. Vince Lombardi says that men hate to be told what to do and they won't do anything until they're told what to do. Right. So there's the paradox. <laughs> so true, yeah. Have you experienced that before? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're like, don't tell me what to do. Well, it's like, I don't want to be held accountable, but I like being held accountable. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's weird. Yeah. T tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell me what to do, but yeah. don't tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. Don't tell. Well, and it's like, um, don't, it's almost like, don't tell me and be, be like a jerk about it, but show me and help me coach me Two kind of completely different. And that's a huge, know, huge, that's a huge, huge difference. But something Vince Lombardi also said is man cannot dream himself into character. He must hammer and forge one for himself. I love that. And so here we have the do over here. Like do, if you're not getting out and doing stuff, then you're not getting stuff. Right. You got to get out and do the work. Right. You got to do the work. For it's sure. huge, yeah. but the other two, but if you ignore the other two elements as well, then, then you're not going to, you're not going to get the results that you want. Right. And the people, and the people I work with though, they're always like, I want the results. Give me the results. Give me the yeah. tools. Give me the tools that will give me the results. Yeah. You got to grow and set yourself up and timing is everything. Mm -hmm. And and you, like a lot of people, like, it's hard for me because I can compare myself to different people and I'm like, oh, this person's doing that and that person's doing this. And, oh, I feel like I'm behind or this or that and the other. And it's like, like I, I have to prepare myself to go through different things. Like I have to grow and mature myself. Like time, like sort of certain time in, in for everything and certain time and a place for everything. And it's hard to not compare, especially with social media. But you have to grow and go through the journey in yourself and, and, and do whatever that, whatever it takes. Absolutely. And, you know, I believe good things will happen and you'll find success if you, if you just never stop. I mean, that's how you can guarantee it is you just never stop. Mm -hmm. It's super important. And I'm, and I'm going to add something with that as well. Never stop, but never stop in the direction you want to go. Exactly. The right way. Because you got to know where you want to go. You got to know what direction you got to do it in. And if you don't know, then find somebody who has done it. Right. And that's why it's so important to find the right mentor, the right cult, the right coach. Right. That's going to create the culture. That's going to create the processes. They're going to create those things that are they're going to cultivate the success that you want. Right. And um, it's clearly defining those, that vision and goal and, and mm -hmm. not deviating from the plan. You know, mm -hmm. my, uh, you see a lot of the people like this in businesses, uh, you know, they'll make the half success, 
And they start going doing random things. And then their their main company starts to just fall back down. And then, oh, crank. Like my dad used to say, like the cash cow. Like they have the cash cow spinning the cash, doing their thing. And they're like, oh, squirrel. And they go over here and do all this and focusing on that, taking a bunch of money on a cash cow. And the cash cow starts to come down. It's like, just stay in your lane, do, do what you can do until that thing can run without you. But just my dad, my dad always says, like, never forget who you are and just stay in your lane. Just, just stick to who you are, whatever that is. And never forget that. Every single day, just stay, keep who you keep who you are, and and success will come, things will come, relationships will come, but never deviate from the plan. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Jason? Yeah. Who are you? Who am I? Yes, absolutely, man. Oh. I put I'm putting you on the You're spot here. On the spot, man. Absolutely. I I know what you've done. Yeah. I have an idea of what you've done, and and what you're doing is amazing in the RV industry and what you're doing in the culture industry. Again, like I said, you have done more in 29 years than most men have their whole lifetime. Thank you. Which means is pretty impressive. Means a lot. Pretty impressive. So, who are you? Man, I, 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 I mean, I, feel, I, just, I want to be just me, which, which means like I want to be the same person I was, you know, when you met me years ago that you're going to meet me in 15 years. Mm-hmm. I want to be the same person. Yeah, do I want to grow and mature? Um, but I want to be the same person. I want to help people. I want to help people grow and help people succeed. I want a strong legacy company that is helping individuals, which sounds crazy because I'm in the RV industry, but I am a person who loves people. Uh-huh. I will say that. Okay. I mean, that's, that's simple. I, and it sounds weird, um, but I do. I love, like, I love people and I love like companionship. I love, I love being around positive people. Now, if you're negative, you're the first person to leave my life, right? I'm not, and, and if you're not making an effort, you know, I do love people and I, but I need it reciprocated. I need to be loved. And if you're not going to be that, that person, uh, you're not going to be around me for very long, but I just, I love, I love being around people. I love mm. hanging out. I love growing. I love mm. just that camaraderie. Like, it's almost like I, I've always wanted to be on a, on a, I, I played sports, but I didn't really take any, it. I like, I had bad, bad, a bad mindset growing up mm-hmm. and I really didn't do much with sports in high school. Um, like I was on some basketball teams, you know, I will say they won a state championship, even though I was on the team. Um, I did get a ring, but it wasn't for playing. Um, I was the, the I had a number, but I don't understand why they, they, I, they always joked that I was a director of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know why they joked that, yeah. but I, I was hurt at the time. I, I was hurt for a year. I broke both legs at the same time. Oh, so I, I didn't walk for a really long time. I did it twice. Mm my 11th grade year and my senior year. Um, but yeah, they put that on my ring is DB on my ring. So I'm, did they really, yeah, I was like, I can't believe you guys did that. But, um, <laughs> but I always wanted to be on a team. Yeah. I love being on a team. Yeah. And, and like, I love, I love partnerships, which sounds weird. Like I'm not a super selfish guy. I love to, to have like a mastermind. Like I love, I read a lot of Napoleon Hill, have the mastermind. You get the minds together. You work through the problems. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that was a long answer, but oh, that's, yeah, cool. that's me. Okay. Yeah. So I hear a lot of love. Yeah. And, and I'm just telling you right now, if you don't know who Jason is, spend a few minutes with him and heart full of gold is huge, man. Your that heart is a lot. Your heart is as big as your biceps. <laughs> bulging, yeah, I'm, working, I'm working on getting bigger. Bulging too, so. biceps and chiseled <laughs> chest. <laughs> no, it means a lot. I just, I just want to be me. Like I, like, you know, it doesn't matter where I live or the car or this or that. Like, I just want to be me. And mm-hmm. like, I want to, want to, like impact people and leave, and leave and, and be, be a, a light so bright no one can help but see it. Yeah. Whether that's helping people, you know, get through issues and solve problems or just helping them get through the day. I mean, I, I, I generally love people. Yeah. And, that, and that's awesome because what I've learned over these years is most people don't know who they are. They don't know what they want. 
Right. And so again, going back to that, that, that one, you know, the one D of dream. Right. Do you really know what you want to be, what you want to do, what it is that who you are, right? Like, who are you? What is your essence? Right. For me, I, my desire and dream is that uh, my friends and family know me as a man that lightened their loads, lifted their spirits and loved them. I love that. So everybody I come in contact with, that is what I want them to leave, to take away from me. If anything else, did Griff lift their load? Did he lighten their spirit? Did he love them? Do they know that? And so that's just one area that, that, uh, you know, that I want to be remembered as. I love that. And that's huge. And so notice how it wasn't about money. I mean, a lot of people think that, oh, that money's this, money's that. Money's not coming with you. And it's like, what are you going to leave? You know, when you're gone or what do you like how how can you be more impact right. it's almost you can be, you can be more impactful through words because words can spread spread faster than money can in my eyes like you can post on social media and reach 10 15 000 people or whatever that ends up being or if it can go viral way faster than you can write checks to different people right mm-hmm. so it's like how can you leave that lasting impact and you're dealing with people to leave that legacy right and and how to like you know when you meet people how do you how are you Right. Like, cause the energy transfers, you definitely feel it. Right. And I, I, in our company, we call it the nonverbal. So when you walk in those doors, what does your nonverbal look like? Mm-hmm. You look pissed. Well, then everybody's <laughs> going to think something's wrong. Right? right. So I don't care. I always tell people, I don't care how bad your day is going. If you had a terrible conversation on the way to work, when you park that car and you get out, if you need to take a five minute breather, take a five minute breather. When you walk through those doors, it better be happy, chipper. Everything's great. And then you can maybe go into your office and you can deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Don't slam the door. Don't do like, that that messes up the culture. That messes up people's belief. That messes up how people think are going. And then they start to random. Oh, are we going out of business? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? Like, oh, they're we firing this person. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, guys! Like, I don't even know if he was arguing with his friend, his wife. Like, I don't know. Had nothing to do with the business, right. but it just spreads, right? And so we've really tried to 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 get that out of our locations, and it's it's done wonders. But with anybody, like any anybody you come contact with, it's like. You know, when you go to the gas station, how you doing? Oh man. Well, it's like, oh bro, I was just like, you know, I don't want that bad energy. I just right, said, right. how you doing? I was hoping it was a good day. Um, but then actually sometimes some people have said that and I've literally had a conversation with them for 20 minutes and like, not maybe not that I was helping them to me. Maybe I did. I, I will say, yeah, I did help them through the, through the situation. And I don't even know the person, right? but I cared enough. Right. And that's what I would challenge people is to care enough. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Absolutely. Treat yeah. people with value and the value isn't determined by your bank account. No, your value isn't determined by what you do, what right. you accomplish. Your value is who you are. Exactly, hundred percent. And and like I said, never deviate that. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about it. Um, you know, in business and talk about it with a lot of people is never forget why you started. Mm-hmm. You know, what was the reason and the dream? Keep the dream alive. Like the dream, the dream should be so big, no obstacle can get in the way. Mm-hmm. The obstacles are in the way. The dream's not big enough. So you can't you can't move through those obstacles. You should your dream should be so big it should almost scare you. But when obstacles come come your way, you should just be kicking them up to the right. Boom, boom, boom. Like and solving those problems and mm-hmm. getting through them and then accomplishing it. Maybe you accomplish it, but then your dream should be bigger. You should keep keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Which sounds crazy because people, how I work on my dream. I'm like you have to want like I would really highly doubt that there's nothing in your life that you would like to be better. Right. Whether it's a better pen, better shoes, better car, better this, better that, better relationships working on yourself more, work at being a better steward at work. Like, like there's something that we can work on. Mm-hmm. And if you're absolutely perfect, then we need to clone you and duplicate you because that's never been done before. That's absolutely. 
And and the worst and the worst thing to growth is the term good enough. Right. I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm good enough. Yeah, that's true. You've done enough. You're good enough. Right. And but at the same time, you know, because I call it the cult, the Goldilocks uh, principle, where you're like, okay, I'm pushing, I'm pushing to grow, and I'm and and I'm you know not being so lazy that I'm not doing anything. But so there's that sweet spot, that right. sweet spot where you're pushing, but you're not getting um, overwhelmed. You're not you know, getting burned out, you just find that sweet, that sweet spot to where right. you're, you're progressing and you're growing. Right. So how, how have you been able to, to create, cause like you, you got a lot of energy too. I mean, you're, you're great. I mean, you got a big personality. You, you look great too. I mean, you look awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. I mean, you. Your hair is perfect. Listen, you know, half, like, half century. I'm sporting a half century. Dude, the hair is perfect. Lots so, of half century of great hair. Thank you, man. Yeah, Appreciate perfect. it. I mean, I'm hoping I'm thinning, dude. I, I don't know how you have I mean, I'm, I'm getting the surgery. Hopefully, um, yeah. <laughs> like I already hit up the doc. I was like, you need to hook me up because I'm thinning. I can't have this, man. I like I'm yeah. known for my hair. But how have you been able to create such a, a strong mindset? Like it, it's it's in, in push through the challenges. I'm sure you've gone through a lot of challenges. How have you been able to to just keep going? And then now you have a beautiful like, I guess going back to what you said before, how have you been able to to find a, a beautiful message? to be able to in your mess. Right. Yeah, like how do you find how do you find that message in your mess? You know, my my mother, she she was born in between the Great Depression and World War II. Okay. On a farm in northern Utah. Nice. She learned her her life lessons knee deep in cow poop. Right. You know, <laughs> shoveling it and trying to, you know, fill it up to, so they can go out and spread it onto the field so that they can, you know, get more yield out of their crops. Right. And Old fashioned fertilizer. Absolutely, man. And so when I was her age, I was probably coming into the office to try to get out of chores. And I noticed on her computer was a, a sticky note at the top corner that said, uh, life is like manure or, or challenges are like manure. Hmm. They sure do stink, but they certainly help things to grow. Right. And I'm, I remember that. I'm wow. Like, that was like, that was like too much for me as a 10, as a 10 year old. <laughs> and so I try to reduce it to the simple. And so in my mind, I'm like, take your crap and turn it into a crop. I love that. Like, how do you reframe things, flip the switch and see things in a positive way instead of a negative way? Right. Because I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I was always this optimistic or this, this, you know, um, positive. Right. But it's, it's, it's part of the growth. I it, mean, you build a muscle by breaking it down, making it stronger, it breaking, really, it, breaking it down, feeding it, mm -hmm. and making it stronger. Absolutely. 100%. And so I'd be lying if I was always this positive, I'd be lying too that, you know, my first speech I ever gave, I just stop didn't even say a thing i was paralyzed with fear really and i'm like um my mom made me memorize it it was only like a 30 second thing she made me memorize it she didn't give me my paper and i get up there and look at everybody and i just froze and she's trying to mouth me what the words are and everything <laughs> like that and i'm like i got nothing and i just and i just walked off and so that was a complete failure but th this question is like okay how do you find that that will to win how do you find the attitude of gratitude? How do you find the ability to flip the switch and see things in a positive way? Right. How do you take your crap and turn it into crop? Right. Right. And um, for me, I've, I've developed what I call the daily dime. The daily dime. The daily dime. And so I kind of, it, it kind of comes from Napoleon Hill's faith formula. I think it's called mm -hmm. there. And I think you yeah. grow rich yeah, yeah, yeah. where he talks about, uh, um, you know, spending 10 minutes a day developing confidence. Right. 
developing, you know, and it's your faith yeah, yeah, yeah. and your faith. And so I'm like, okay, well, 10 minutes is too long for me. I don't have enough attention to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what can I do here? But, but what's happened here is so five minutes in the morning, five minutes a night. So that's 10 minutes a day. It's a daily dime. And so this process, you've got to, I call them holy habits and righteous routines. Because, okay. because when the time, when the moment to perform has arrived, the moment for preparation has passed. And, right. and so, you know, speaking of, you know, Paralympics in 2004, we arrived, you know, we, we did what we needed to do to beat the Germans, but we didn't do what we needed to do to beat Great Britain. Right. And, you know, years later, so, so holy habits and righteous routines. So you've got to, so I call it, you, you've got to do the daily dime. And the daily, the daily dime is so simple, but it's like so impactful. And, and how that um, equates and how that, uh, and, and a story to illustrate that, I don't know if you've ever looked at the Guinness World Records. Mm -mm. It's not like, a long time. Like there's this book and you look it up and you're like, man, that'd be so yeah. cool to be a part of the Guinness World yeah. Record. Um, when I was a little kid, I'm like, I want to do that. But, you know, I'm like, I didn't want to grow out my fingernails or collect belly button lint or all those crazy things that- Yeah, there's that some people, bizarre stuff. Bizarre in stuff in there. Yeah. So I shelved the idea. But, uh, you know, again, going back to when the moment to perform has arrived, the moment for preparation has passed. How many times have we been tapped on the shoulder and offered a special thing unique to us and fitted to our talents? But we found that moment. We found that moment unprepared or unqualified for the work, which would be our finest hour. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen those moments or experienced those moments where oh, you've yeah. been tapped. Oh, yeah. Where you've been tapped, you're like, oh, if I was only prepared. Because I don't know how many times I hear people say, well, I'll just rise to the occasion. It's a bunch of crap. Right. We don't you rise got, to the occasion. You got to prepare. You can only rise so far, right? Right. You got to prepare yourself, especially when the pressure is is brought, right? Because when pressure increases, what typically happens is the performance typically decreases. decreases. And so we don't rise to the occasion; we decrease to what is familiar, to what we're comfortable with, right. what we've practiced, right? And so, 2008, we're in, in uh, New Orleans. We're at the the, the All Star event there. Um, I was getting ready to play the All Star game. One of my teammates, Trooper Johnson, on the West team, he played for the Golden State Warriors. He was there with us when we were getting ready to go on to the court, and Guinness World Record representatives were there. Hmm. Like, we're going to do a world record event here at halftime, and we need three from the East and three from the West to compete. We were wondering if you, you two wanted to, to compete for the West, and we're both like, absolutely. And so when the, the representative left, we turned to each other, and we both like, I want to win this record. Right. And so... So this was in 2008. And so there was three people from the West, three from people from the East at halftime. And two people from the East were two of my teammates. And I said I was the fifth best free throw shooter in the world. Right. Well, two, the two competitors in the East was Jeff Glassbrenner and Opie Lade. Jeremy Lade, we call him Opie because he looked like Opie. <laughs> Love that dude. He was the number two free throw shooter in the world, Opie was. Jeff Glassbrenner was the number four free throw shooter in the world. In fact, Jeff Glassbrenner is the first male American amputee to summit Mount Everest really? as an amputee. Wow. He was the one who helped Dwayne Rock Johnson with his role in Skyscraper. Really? Uh, he's he's the, yeah. the, the CIA who has the, you know, the, the fake leg or whatnot. Yeah. So he yeah, was the yeah. one who taught him how to do his role. That's great. Yeah, wow. And so Jeff Glassbrenner, Opilade, they're, they're on the other team and they're, they're competing for the same world record. There's six of them. So Jeremy Lottie gets up there. It's the record is the number of free throws from a wheelchair in a minute. 
So the, the so we get there halftime, same mascot, same cheerleaders, same representatives, same light, same stands, same people in the stands. Jeremy gets up there and they go boom, go boom. And so he starts shooting. After 60 seconds, the official count is six. He made six shots in a minute. Wow. I turned to the trooper. I'm like, dude, either this is tough or he sucks. <laughs> he doesn't suck. He's the number two free throw shooter in the world. Right. Another guy gets up there, gets six in a minute. Jeff Glassbrenner gets up there. He gets nine. Wow. It's my turn. So we, Trooper and I were trying to see who could go last so we could see who, what we needed to, to beat. I did, got the small end of the straw, and so I go up there. I get up there, same cheerleader, same mascot, same representative, same, same lights, same people in the stands. 60 seconds go. Well, I've got a, a routine that I go through. I've, I, I developed a holy habit and righteous routine when it comes to free throws. So I don't have to think, you know, they asked, um, 2008, they asked, um, Michael Phelps after he jumped into the pool and his goggles come up and he's swimming blind, right? He won yeah. eight gold medals. And this one was the one that he barely won by one, one thousandths of a second or one, one hundredths of a second, right. whatever it was, it was just barely. Right. So the reporter went up to Michael and says, Michael, what were you thinking? He's like, I wasn't thinking. I was just going through my routine. Right. Yeah. And so you have to create these holy habits and righteous routines. And so here's Jeff Griffin. He has an opportunity to have a Guinness World Record. And so I go up there, I go through my routine, I do my routine, and they go, boom, go. So I start shooting, I start practicing, I, I, just, I just do. Right. And um, 60 seconds later, I come rolling over to the team, my, the bench, and my bench had counted, and they're like 26. No way. The official count, really? though, was 25. Wow. And so Trooper still had to go as well. And so I'm like, well, okay. He's going by, and, and, and so as a good competitor, as he, as he went by me, I'm like, Trooper, your shoes are untied. <laughs> even though his feet aren't even touching the ground. Right. Trooper gets up there, and he starts shooting, and I'm like, after 15, I'm like, okay, he's got this. And then they, the 60 seconds stops. I'm waiting for the official count. He comes over to me. I give him a high five, congratulatory, thinking that he's going to win this record. The official count, 25. So we turn to each other, and we're like, okay, shoot off. And the and the and the the officials are like no, you both get the record. So they took a picture of both of us. But really? when I share this story on stage and to the executives and whatnot, I cut Trooper out and I'm like, this is my record <laughs> for sure. This is my record. Own it. But this idea of you've got to create those holy habits and righteous routines. But right. you got to know what you want. You got the thing is, I I, I shelved that idea of like that'd be so cool to have against world record. Right. But when the moment came and tapped me on the shoulder, okay, I'm ready for this. Right. I'm ready for this because I had created. You didn't even have to rise to the occasion. You just, it was just, it was just normal. Just do. It, yeah, you just did it. And so the daily dime helps you create those holy habits and righteous routines. The daily dime helps you develop a P squared mindset, which is, which, which is essential. Right. In, in order to have success. For sure. The, the daily dime helps you, you know, create those holy habits and righteous routines and focus on the fundamentals and, and, and it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It's so simple. You know, I went and trained with the Navy SEALs in 2019. Uh, wow. They're like, Griff, it's simple to be a SEAL. It's just not easy. Right. So these things that I'm talking about are so simple, they're just not easy. Right. But, so, but a lot of people don't even know what they are to work on. And so we've created, uh, we've created st 10 steps that world record leaders follow and finish with exactness. I love that. To help you out with that. And I the Daily that. Dime is like at, is 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 at the foundation of that. I love that, and and it's all and 
I love that because it's all about the foundation and it's all about laying that foundation first and you have to grow. You have to grow, you have to grow so much and work on yourself so much that like what happened to you, you got thrown into a situation you didn't have to rise to, it's just normal. I mean, before the game, you didn't even know this was going to happen. You didn't practice for weeks. You didn't practice for months. You know, we like we see the, uh, the these these NBA players that do these dunk contests. They practice forever, and then they come out there and they they do okay and things like that. But could they, you know, go out there and do dunk? I don't know. You know, but it's with, with you and doing that thing, and it's so it's so important in life. It's creating that foundation and really getting down to the fundament fundamentals and working on those fundamentals and getting so good at the fundamentals is just natural it's right. like i think it's like the sholin monks they talk about the practice one move a thousand times instead of a thousand moves one time or whatever they talk mm-hmm. whatever they talk about that they're perfect they, they are absolutely perfect mm-hmm. at one move and then they move on to the next mm-hmm. and they still practice and i think that's a really good lesson in life and in business and leadership is trying not to have the shotgun approach to everything and where you're kind of you know, half-assing everything mm-hmm. where you're, when you're full in and say, it goes back to what we were talking about before, staying in your lane. Right. Super important. And that's why I love that you talk about culture because culture kills hard work any day. Right. And so if it, and, and what's interesting is the companies will adopt the personality of their leader. I don't care who you are. Yeah. It always happens. Starts, it trickles down. Exactly. It starts, starts on top. top. Yep. And so you've got to be conscious about your culture. You got to be conscious about what you want to develop. You want to be conscious about, you know, what you dream and what you desire. And then you've got to go out there and actually do these things consistent and constantly. Right. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it starts with laying that vision down. And but it, it starts from wanting it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, so so many people. You know, I've started doing a lot of consulting. And I, I meet with a lot of these uh, leaders, executives, owners, whatever you want to, whoever they are, they don't even care. And they're, they're like, they're expecting me to come in there and then work with someone else. I'm like, nobody, we're working with you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why do I need it? Like, I, uh, I'm paying for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I do is just write a check and that's how I get things. Yeah. I, I just pay for it. Like, oh, you need to go talk to this person. Well, is his person, what's his title? You know, they say, I'm like, well, that doesn't say CEO. Your title is the CEO. Your title is the owner, whatever that is. I mean, I'm working with you. And it's like, well, it starts from the top. Like you have to validate everything that's going on. Like, you know, I, and it's creating that, that going back to your McDonald's experience, but it's creating that McDonald's like system. I guarantee those apple pies back in Athens taste the exact same as they did in, in Logan, Utah. Yep. You know, it's that, it's that system where it's consistency. So if the CEO is coming down into wherever that's at or meeting or whatever, wherever it is geographically, whatever, it's the same message, right? But it's caring. And it's accepting the feedback and it's, a, it's wanting to help and, and create a culture. And I'm not talking about a culture that everybody gets a trophy. I'm talking about a high standard winning and excelling culture and how to deal with that and create the money ball approach to teams. It's mm-hmm. not just uh, Hey, we're going to put some vending machines and some free soda in the break room. And right. we got great culture. And like I, a lot of tech companies miss that. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so much turnover with them because mm-hmm. they go, they have created a system in tech that, you just look for the fanciest office building and the fanciest amenities. Right. And then that's all that matters. Right. Like building a basketball court and some pickleball courts. Yeah. Like that's awesome. But there's only so much of how you treat people. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes to the, down to the fundamentals and the foundation. And they're cutting corners. Yeah. These companies have cut corners and you and I have both know that cutting corners leads nowhere but down. Right. And so what kind of foundation are you building right. for your company? What kind of foundation are you building for your family? What kind of foundation are you building for your community? What kind of foundation are you building for yourself? 
you know, what kind of foundation are you building? And because if you're looking to cut corners, it's going to lead nowhere but down. Right. And it's I learned and I learned that first firsthand experience, you know, in my own business as, you know, in between seasons of playing football, I I went and created, the, you know, I was trying to paint this barn. That's how I got hurt. I was painting this barn up in Napoleon Dynamite country. And I had two levels of scaffolding, 30 foot ladder on top of that. I was cutting corners. And, and I, as I was falling 40 feet to, to the ground, I realized instantly that cutting corners leads nowhere but down. Yeah. It, I mean, I hate that I had to do, but it crumbles. And it, but there is no problem. And I want people to realize that there is no problem with undoing and taking back the layers and undoing what you built and getting back down to the foundation and strengthening the foundation and building it back up. Absolutely. Now, you don't have to clean house where you walk in and you fire thousands of people, right. but you can unravel it and get back down to the fundamentals. I don't want people to think that it's scary. Oh, I have too many employees. It's too big. Now it's like moving a continent or in like a big aircraft carrier, but mm -hmm. it's possible. Mm -hmm. We can make it happen. But if you start now and start, start with values and start of, of who you are, in, 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 in an owner or a leader or whatever of who you are and then never losing that as you keep going, then you already, you've already won half the battle of the foundation because you've hopefully never deviated from the plan. People know who you are. Right. It's just putting that, putting that to work. It's, it's awesome. So dude, this has been, been an awesome conversation. I think we're coming in a little, little almost an hour. This has got to put down the, the, the landing gear and, and bring it down here. <laughs> I know. Um, Jeff, where can people find you at? The easiest way is griffinmotivation.com. G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like the mythical beast. Yeah. You know, there's a griffin that's half lion, half eagle. Yep, that's you. And uh, I like to, you know, I think that I'm a mythical beast, but my wife reminds me that I'm not a beast nor <laughs> mythical. <laughs> you know, something happens over 25 right. years. Right. But uh, griffinmotivation.com, you can uh, go check me out there. All my social handles are there. Um, we've got some great, great material that you can get. Um, as I mentioned, I've got a book called I'm Possible, Desire, Dream, Do. I love it that. kind of introduces those three D's and, and some other aspects as well. And the other book's called Endless Possibility, the 90 day it. recipe for world record results. And so those people who are listening will throw out some love. And um, if they put in the coupon code love, it'll be a 50% discount. Wow. They Thank buy, you. They buy two books. The uh, shipping and handling is, is waived. So you can't beat that price. No. You know, buy one, get one free, no shipping, no handling. And um, you got two great books that will they'll help you, uh, will help your trajectory. You know, I had an opportunity to go speak for a company just to kind of give you some ideas of what the results are. Yeah. People are like, what's the results? Um, so I spoke for a company down south, spoke to them twice, full, full fee, full rate, uh, did some executive coaching as well. And then COVID hit. So speaking kind of like yeah, kinda slowed down quite yeah. a bit. And they're like, we want you to be our business developer. They had never done it before. You know, the, the son took over. It's a plumbing company. Okay. And he took it from 5 million to um, 50 million in sales. And he, hit the, he was hitting the ceiling. He couldn't go any further. And you know as well I do, what got us here won't get us there. Exactly. That's a great book, by the way. I haven't read it. Oh, I mean, there's exactly like saying what, is got, that what, you, what, got, what got you here won't get you there. Right there. Perfect. Yeah, I love book. it. So what got you here won't get you there. And, and so, you know, he, he realized that. And so he's like, when I finished with the executive coaching, he comes down he's like, Hey Griff, we're putting this, this position together, business development. I'm like, what does it mean? He's like, we don't know. We've never done it. I'm like, he's like, but we think you'd be perfect for it. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about plumbing, but I know everything about people. Right. He's like, perfect. 
So we created these things and I was able to put into practice the things that I teach on stage that I teach in my workshop to, that I teach in this online course that I have as well. You are the solution to impossible. And, um, and so over these two years, we took, we helped take their company from 50 million in sales to 130 million in sales. Wow. In three different States. And, um, they had 400, they went from 250 employees to 425. And it's about building that foundation. It's about building that culture. It's about building that vision that trickles down to the plumber and the HVAC installer right. that, that's happening. And so you've got to be crystal clear in, in, in what your vision is, what your values are. So again, going back to the desire, dream, and do, do you, do you know what you want? Does your desire match up with your dreams? And are you doing the things necessary to get you there? Because people can work really, really hard and get nowhere. Right. And so, so anyway, we, uh, so that was just one experience and when went and uh, shared the 3Ds with the bank, the, their desire was to bring in 400 million new dollars, 60 relationship managers, as they called it. Right. Um, wow. Called them, called them up a year later and asked them how they did, how did they do? And, and Ian's like, I don't know what she would told you, but uh, we ended up with 530 million. Wow. So 130 more than they, they thought they could get. And so it, it works on the big level. It works on a small level. A young man who was a police officer wanted to be a Navy SEAL. He's now serving our country. I love it. Um, so they, they work. That's awesome. They're proven, predictable, and repeatable. Yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it because I, I think there's a lot of value in that. Like, I think you and I are very, very, like there's a lot of synergy. We, I think we believe a lot of the very similar things and about people and relationships and, 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 and actually how to build a strong company, not just, Absolutely. you know, focus on the wrong things, focus on the right things and doing the right, doing the right things right. Mm -hmm. um, so one th last thing I want to ask you is what does success mean to you? Love that question. Because whenever I, because that's part of the, the possibility principle. You know, there's five things that come with having this, this P squared mindset, right. developing this P squared mindset. And one of them is knowing what success is. Because most of us, we believe that the opposite of success is failure. Failure. Yeah. But I've never met anybody who has not failed their way to success. Exactly. Failing is part of success. And, but the thing is, is I don't want to have a surgeon that fails. I don't want to have a, an airline pilot that fails. I don't want a CEO that fails. So there's, there's certain things that we need to get to, to where we need to be competent and, and great right. at what we do. But if we're learning something new that we've never done before, give yourself permission to fail because failures at first or triumphs will last as long as you just don't quit. Right. So for me, the opposite of success is to quit or to not even try. Right. But the answer to your question is, is what does success mean to you? Well, it's KFC. And I'm not talking about the chicken. <laughs> and my daughter po pointed it out. But uh, I, I, was, I was working this out, trying to you know, figure it out and, and, and make it simple. And she's like, Dad, why do you have KFC on your desk? And I'm like, I don't have any chicken. Right. But this formula is finger licking good. It really is. Yeah. I want to steal the KFC, you know, tagline <laughs> or whatever. This is finger licking good. So KFC, it's an acronym. No, finish, celebrate. I love that. You got to know what you want. You got to celebrate. I mean, you, you got to finish what you start. Most people don't finish. Right. There's a ton of starters. Yep. Very few finishers. Right. So you got to know what you want, finish what you start and celebrate the process. I love that. And if that just means that, you, you know, you don't have a dream and now you have a dream, celebrate. If you hit a mile marker, celebrate. Right. We need to celebrate more often. Yes, we do. Qu quite often, especially like, you know, entrepreneurs or leaders, whatever, they don't celebrate the wins. No. 
It's like what? What's next? What's what's next? Yeah, you gotta. It's almost like take a reset and like celebrate. Just relax, mm -hmm. chill. Like live in the moment. Like, and that's one thing. Um, you know, I got asked the other day, or like told the other day, is live in the moment. And I'm like, I yeah, you're right. Like I'm with like some very high. Like I was at a you know a a, a, a what was it called a, a a video a taping of a TV show with David Meltzer. Mm -hmm. I was on his TV show. Were you there at the playbook? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, in Vegas. Okay. And so I got David Meltzer there, Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi. I got um, Randy Garn was there. Um, Steve Harwood was there. Flex Lewis was there. Stephen Jackson was there. Al, Al Harrington was there. Um, NBA, NFL. I mean, who's who? Um, Jason was there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, Come I guess, on, so, yeah. you can't skip you. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm like just all over the place, just cranking and having a good time and all these things. And, you know, I, I asked the, the next day, I was talking to a buddy. Hey, that was awesome. And this night he's like, did you live in the moment? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I saw that you were doing this and doing that. And like, were you living in the moment? Like, did you, did you, do you really realize what happened yesterday? Or are you just kind of moving on? And I'm like, gosh, I was like, I kind of just moving on. And he's like, dude, yesterday was a huge day. I mean, you're on a TV show. Not a lot of people can say they're on a TV show with David Meltzer and live in the moment. And so I, I've had actually really struggled with celebrating those wins and living in the moment. I'm always moving on to the next thing. Like right before it, it's about to complete, it like completes and I'm done. Like I'm mm -hmm. already thinking about the next thing. I need to just live in the moment mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Be that. present. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. Only the present right. exists. You got to, you got to plan and prepare for the future. You got to learn from the past, but you got to be present. I love that today. Amen to that, man. Hey, Jeff, I appreciate you so much being on the show. It's been, it's been awesome. I've heard really good things about you. Definitely delivered and really looking forward to kind of getting to know each other more and I'm sure we'll see each other. Around. We'll stay in contact. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. If you like the show, please share it. It means the world to me. Leave a good review. If you had a good time, we'll find you in the next episode of Culture Camp.